0: In our hyperpartisan political environment, it's easy to get stuck in our own talking points and refuse to listen to the arguments of the other side, especially on hot button social issues, on hot button civil rights issues, on constitutional issues like the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. But this is a republic. We've got to learn to live together. We've got to learn to compromise sometimes. And I have just heard a gun control proposal, care of Indianapolis Colts GM, Chris Ballard, that I think I might actually be willing to get behind. It's a shame. You know, Highland Park, Uvalde, Greenwood,
1: Buffalo. I mean, when is it, in? you know, when do we, when is some common sense come into play? And when does this end? When do,
2: when do our elected officials actually do something about it instead of their own political game? And both sides of the, both sides. Both
0: sides are are completely wrong. I'm not anti-gun, but
1: I'm anti-military style weapons that it blows my mind away that an 18-year-old kid can walk in and buy an (coughs) AK-15
0: automatic weapon. That makes no sense. Zero. That makes no sense. Zero. Fact check. True. (laughs) I agree with that conclusion there. You know, they said that America was too far gone for bipartisanship. Well, there it is. I I support what this man is proposing. I'm Michael Knowles, a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, a lifetime member of the NRA, officially endorsed this proposal to ban all AK-15 automatic rifles. No more. I have never seen a gun control bill more sensible than this one. I've never heard a gun control advocate be more articulate than this Colts general manager. And there has never been a more serious and beneficial piece of anti-gun legislation. Let the era of mutual understanding commence. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday was not from any of you. You sent me some very nice comments too. But my absolute favorite comment was from an obstetrician who said, Mr. Knowles, here is your baby boy. Very, uh, very nice of all of you to send in nice notes as well. Uh, yes, my second child was born yesterday. I was, it's been great. I've been awake for, uh, with intermittent bits of closing my eyes for about uh, 36 or 48 hours now. And I said, I am not missing my show today. No, sir. We have got a responsibility, not just to the listeners, but to America. So immediately after my show, I will be going back to the hospital and spending the rest of the day with my cute little uh, newborn baby boy. But thank you to all of you for the, the very fine comments. When you, when you see your child for the first time, it makes you think not just about life, but about death. What is going to happen to these sweet little babies when someday you are no longer with us? How will you prepare yourself? Well, the answer, my friends, is Epic Will. Right now, go to EpicWill.com. Use code Knowles. For all you adventurous spirits out there, did you know, here's a fun fact, of people who skydive will die, 100%. 100% of people who breathe also will die. Whatever you do, however you try to avoid it, you will die. No one here gets out alive. And you got to make sure that you take care of your sweet little beautiful babies, your kids. you got to make sure you take care of the people who love you. And you got to make those important decisions about what's going to happen to you and to all your stuff and to your family so that your loved ones aren't stuck in a lurch when you finally kick the bucket. A will is not even primarily about you. It's about all those loved ones and the hard decisions they are going to face when something happens to you. I won't even say if, because it is inevitable, my friends. Sorry that this is a little bit of a downer, but that's how it goes. That's why you got to go to Epic Will. Get your whole will sorted out. You can do it. It's very, very quick. It's extremely inexpensive if you go to Epic Will. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. You will save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. They'll set you up with a will in as little as five minutes. It's It's about $119 to secure your family's future. Unbelievable deal. Without a will, you're going to hand your stuff and your money over to people who don't like you very much. I'm talking about the government, I'm talking about all sorts of bad folks. Don't do it. Go to EpicWill.com. Use code Knowles today. Speaking of life and death, th- this gun control proposal from the Colts GM is, it- it's so beautiful because it-, it perfectly typifies all of the anti-gun proposals that you hear from the left. That guy obviously doesn't know anything about politics. He doesn't know anything about anything. Maybe he knows a little bit about sports, but even that I'm not so sure. And so he goes out and he pontificates about guns. And all he does is repeat the same meaningless talking points that he's heard on CNN or from some late night Mainstream comedian Stephen Colbert or something like that, and he just recites them completely mindlessly, like a non-playing character in this video game called America, and and he he never even stops to examine what they might mean. So he says, "We, you know, look, I, I'm not anti-gun. I'm anti-military kind of gun. What do we mean by a military gun? You know, the kind of guns that are used for assaults." You know, unlike those really nice, warm, fuzzy, comfy guns, you know, the really, the guns that are just meant to hug you and gently caress your forehead and whisper sweet nothings and tell you everything's going to be okay. Not like those assault guns. So he, he draws this distinction that doesn't exist. All guns can be used for military purpose. All guns are intended not just to assault people, but to kill people. That's the point of a gun, is to kill people and kill them dead. He then refers to the AK-15, which does not exist. The gun to which I suspect he is referring is the AR-15. He says this is an automatic weapon. The AR-15 is not an automatic weapon. You all know all of this. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. But Chris Ballard over at the Colts doesn't know any of this. And it's not just him. It's not just the know-nothings who, who spout off their prepackaged talking points that have entered their minds unawares and escaped their mouths without any critical thought passing in the meantime. It, it's even the people who are writing this kind of legislation. The people at the very tippy top, elected Democrats, very often demonstrate their own ignorance on issues like guns. And and they remind us how insane it is that this civil right, this constitutional right, a basic right to protect yourself, is being threatened and regulated by people who know absolutely nothing about what they are regulating. And they go even further, by the way. So you, you heard there, Chris Ballard, he says, I'm not against guns. I'm just against the crazy radical. Why does a kid get without without any training? He gets to go in and get a gun, and this is so. He's saying I'm against. I'm for responsible gun ownership, but I'm against irresponsible gun ownership. And then Nancy Pelosi comes out, and she comes out against responsible gun ownership as well. When I talk about it on the floor this afternoon, I'm going to show. I'm going to show a, a, a presentation of what some totally irresponsible people are putting out there about little children, toddlers, learning how to use an assault weapon, smaller assault weapons, but a gun like mommy and daddy, smaller assault weapons, but getting their muscles ready to be able to use it. Is that sick? Is that sick? So I don't know what guns she's referring to. Maybe that's what the AK-15 is. Maybe Chris Ballard and Nancy Pelosi know something we don't know. I have never seen an AR-15 in a toddler size. I, I've never seen that at the gun store. I'm not sure. Do they miniaturize the ammo too? They take the two, two, three and they just shrink it down. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Are, are they, is she just referring to a little toy gun? Yeah, kids have little toy guns. I had little toy guns. My children will have little toy guns. Maybe be squirt guns, maybe a Nerf gun. We all have them. Is that what she's saying is so irresponsible? Or no, is she saying it's irresponsible that parents are familiarizing their children with guns. Because if that's what she's saying, then it's completely the opposite, isn't it? The the irresponsible thing to do if you're a gun owner and you have guns in your home is to not tell your kids anything about it. That's the most irresponsible thing you can do. You just kind of leave them out or you even hide them, but you never familiarize your kids with them. And so one day your kids are going to find them. They're not going to know what to do. And God forbid something terrible could happen. That's, that's irresponsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership, especially if you have a family, is Familiarizing your kids with these weapons, showing them how to hold them, how how not to hold them, not to use them, you know, if mommy and daddy aren't around and various never don't load the gun, don't do this, this is what they do. This that, that's the most responsible gun ownership that there can be. You're saying this is a this is a weapon, we're going to we're going to exercise this right in our home, but we're going to be very, very careful. This is a powerful thing, so don't, don't get out of control here. That, what, what Pelosi is showing us is that she's not just against irresponsible gun ownership. She and the Democrats are against responsible gun ownership as well. In fact, they're especially against responsible gun ownership. Because all the gangbangers in Chicago, those guys get off the hook. We, we, when, when we talk about the gangsters who are committing the actual gun-related crimes in Chicago, in New York, in Los Angeles, those are the people that we are told need to be let off the hook. Society has failed them. We've got an over-incarceration problem. We've got to let them back on the street. All those George Soros-backed DAs, all those those extreme liberal DAs that are even now being recalled in liberal cities, they're saying, "Oh, let those people with their guns back onto the street. The people they're going after are you. They're going after responsible gun owners who don't commit crimes, who follow the law. They're trying to take away your weapons. They're t- trying to take away your AK-15s. Okay? They're trying to take away your rifles that are not used, that are statistically used in virtually no homicides per year. That's what they're after. Because in in many ways, the Democrats support a kind of tactical lawlessness. This is sometimes called anarcho-tyranny. And it's that the Democrats encourage a certain kind of chaos and social disorder so that they can take more power and claim a greater crisis and use that crisis for a political end. Never let a crisis go to waste. This is why the libs will encourage BLM rioters to burn down half the country. They do it, even if it's going to hurt some of their storefronts, even if it's going to damage some of their cities, it permits them to take more power. That's what we're seeing here. When you see these gun control bills, every single one in recent decades, that go up. It's not to stop BLM from tyrannizing your city. It's not to stop Antifa. It's not even to stop mass shootings. None of the gun control laws that have been proposed in recent years would have stopped the mass shootings. There was a f- very famous fact check from the Washington Post on this very point just six or seven years ago, but the, the point still holds up today. The point of all of these gun laws is to take the guns away from you. I've, I've had kids on the mind recently. I don't know what it is. When, and when I think about the future of our country and, and the future for our kids, Think about PragerU kids. Right now, head on over to pragerukids.com. If you, like me, have kids on the mind, have you seen what your kids are watching on TV, what they're learning in school? Marxism, socialism, critical race theory. They're starting kids as young as kindergarten, as young as preschool on this stuff. Disney's recent directives to de gender children. Executives' quote, not so secret gay agenda to push the non binary pansexual ideologies into kids' movies. America's system of educating our kids has been completely hijacked by the left. And guess what? Parents and upstanding educators are fighting back with U kids. PragerU Kids is here to help. From animated shows, illustrated books, and digital magazines, PragerU Kids offers entertaining and educational content to equip families to save their kids and the future of America. You look in a classroom, it's like a crystal ball about the future of your country, okay? So get tons of resources to watch at home and in classrooms by downloading the Prager PragerU app to your smart TV and devices. Go to pragerukids.com right now enjoy all their great content, and support PragerU in their efforts to get America back on track. Subscribe now. Don't miss PragerU's incredible free kids content. You know I myself am a PragerU host. I host the book club over there. Lots of five-minute videos. The kids stuff is fabulous. Go to PragerUKids.com today. Speaking of bad liberal policies, inflation is at 40-year highs. Everything is more expensive. That is harmful to everybody, but everybody except the federal government, actually. Inflation is very good for the federal government because the United States government owns an insane amount of debt. And when inflation is very high, then that debt uh, is, is much less expensive to carry because the, the dollar just isn't worth the same amount that it was a year ago or six months ago or even a few months ago. So the, the only people who benefit actually from high inflation are, are governments, people who hold huge amounts of debt. But for the rest of us, it's, it's really, really painful at the gas pump, at the grocery store. And so how are Democrats going to combat this kind of inflation? Are they going to produce more domestic energy. That would be the easiest thing to do to combat inflation. Inflation is being driven by high energy prices. Joe Biden shut down new pipelines in America, and he shut down new oil and gas leases. So the easiest thing you could do would be to green light more American energy that would instantly bring down inflation. Joe Biden refuses to do that. One of the excuses the Democrats use is they say, well, it would take a year Or a year and a half to get up and running. Yeah, okay, Joe Biden's been in office for more than a year and a half. If he had done this a year and a half ago, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. So are they going to do that? No, they're not going to increase energy. Are they going to, I don't know, There's nothing really you can do now about the war in Ukraine, which Joe Biden almost single-handedly caused, in in the words of Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, by greenlighting Russia's oil pipeline and literally inviting Putin to invade when he said, if if the Russians invade part of Ukraine as a minor incursion, we won't do anything about it. So that has driven energy prices through the roof. That's a a really big problem. What else? There are lots of things. That the, what, what could the Democrats do? Stop just printing money and giving it to everybody. That would be another way to, to stop inflation. No, they're not going to do any of that. They're going to pass the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. That sounds good. I want to reduce inflation. So there was a study that was just taken. Uh, this was taken by uh, Penn Wharton. So this is uh, probably the most prestigious business school in the country. According to Penn Wharton, the Inflation Reject- Reduction Act of 2022 may actually very likely increase inflation over the next two years. You leave it to the Democrats; it does exactly the opposite of what it says it will do. According to this study, inflation could rise by 0.05% over the next two years. So this is this is marginal. I, it, it, we're not saying this is definitely going to happen. It's statistically not very significant, but it is kind of kind of funny, kind of ironic. That inflation would be going in the opposite direction. Uh, you could uh, then later on get a marginal drop by the late 2020s in inflation, uh, but it's just not—it's not not going to achieve anything near what we're being told it will. Uh, what does the Inflation Reduction Act do? Pretty much, it just raises taxes and spends money on environmentalism, on the green agenda. That's what it does. It—it it is just. It's just like every other Democrat spending bill. They just happen to title this one the Inflation Reduction Act, the Whatever You Care About Now Act of 2022. But oh, it's just a regular Democrat bill, hiking taxes on the people they don't like very much and spending more money on the green agenda. This is the Democrats' MO. This is what they do. The Democrats are responsible for inflation. Republicans share a little bit of blame but not very much. They share a little bit of blame because the Republicans, some of the Republicans, went along with shutting the country down. And shutting the country down did screw up supply chains and did, did screw up the order of the economy and demand, such that when demand when, when the economy reopened and demand spiked, that did contribute to inflation. So Republicans have a little bit of the blame here, but it's mostly Democrats. Democrats were the ones pushing for the lockdowns. It was Fauci, it was Biden, it was all it was Rochelle Walensky, it was all of the libs pushing for the lockdowns. It's the libs who shut down American energy. It's the libs who were trying to spend gazillions of dollars. And at the time, when the libs were trying to spend all that money, it was conservatives, conservatives like Ted Cruz, like Mike Lee, even Lindsey Graham, who is not exactly the most rock ribbed right wing person in the country. They took to the floor of the Senate. They said, this is going to drive inflation crazy. Do not do this, guys. The libs pushed for it anyway. And that's that's what we get. That's what we get. Now we get lots of inflation. The Libs create the problem, then they demand more power to fix the problem, and then when they have more power, they make the problem worse, and then what do they do? They demand more power to fix that problem, rinse and repeat. That is what they do. This is this is the course of Democrat political power on virtually any issue, and we're especially seeing it here when it comes to inflation. Now, speaking of the green agenda, which is where so much of the the Libs focus goes to, and and part of that is because the green agenda is just a catch-all. You pay off the companies that they like. It allows them to take a lot more power. It allows them to outsource a lot more uh, American sovereignty to international institutions like the United Nations, to other, other international trade treaties. So speaking of the green agenda, Al Gore, has just compared climate deniers, you know, you know, those people who deny the climate, who just they don't believe that we're walking around in a kind of melee of oxygen and nitrogen, and you know, those people who just deny, they say there's no atmosphere. They just think they're floating around in a vacuum somewhere. They deny the climate. He says the people who deny the climate, by which he means people who are not terrified of the sun monster and catastrophic
3: global warming, they're just like the cops in Uvalde. This is time for all of us to step up. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really, in some ways, similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. We do have the solutions. And I think these extreme events that are getting steadily worse and more severe are really beginning to change minds. We have to have uh, unity as a nation to come together and stop making this a political football. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. You know,
1: it's interesting.
0: It's really interesting. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, Is that interesting? Is it because the point that Al, Al Gore just made Is that if you don't want to give $90 trillion to AOC, then you're pretty much like cops who let a psycho mass murder little children. You know, when you really think about it, when you really think about it, if you don't give the Democrats trillions and trillions of dollars to stop the sun monster from killing all of you because of the predictions that they've been making now for 50 years, which have not come true, by the way, and which frequently have been reversed decades later, like the first time that they started screaming about global cooling. And then they said, oh, actually, no, it's the opposite. It's global warming. And then the warming kind of cooled down for a little while. And then they said, well, whatever. It's, yeah, it's just changing. It's changed. Give me $90 trillion or we're all gonna die. If you're in any way skeptical of that, the same sort of people who told us we're gonna have a population bomb in 1970, they said within 10 years, we're gonna have mass famines everywhere unless we coerce poor people in the developing world to sterilize themselves and kill their children through abortion, which actually happened in India and China. And even so, the world population doubled. And even so, you know what happened? We're fatter than ever. Malnutrition is at an all-time low. If you are in any way skeptical of the apocalyptic claims that people like Al Gore make, you're pretty much a mass murderer of little children. Or at the very least, you're a coward who lets the mass murderers get away with it this shouldn't be political. This shouldn't, now listen, we can all agree. I've got to work on my Al Gore. This shouldn't be political. What does that mean? You shouldn't, this shouldn't be political when Democrats say it is just another way of saying you shouldn't have a say in this thing. Shouldn't be political. You telling me that changing the structure of our government, taking away a ton of people's money, taking away a ton of people's rights and freedom and way of life That's not political. Of course that's political. That's the most political thing I've ever heard of. You're talking about the way that society functions and the kind of rights people can enjoy and the traditions that people have. And political, I mean, it just means public. That's all it means. You're talking about public matters at the very least. You're saying this shouldn't be political. It it necessarily is political. It by definition is political. What you really mean is you peasants, you hoi polloi, with your incandescent light bulbs and your gas guzzling cars, you disgusting peasants who don't even drive Teslas, you shouldn't have a say in it. That's what Al Gore means. That's what the Democrats mean. And that's what they're fighting tooth and nail to effect, to bring about. Their their version of not political is, I guess, ultimately just that. You don't get a say in politics. It's not political. It's the private decisions of the liberal elites who think that they are much, much better than you. You know, speaking of ways to fight back against the elites in the establishment, Jeremy's Razors is doing just that. This is the moment in the show where in the years past, I would have read you an ad for Harry's Razors. I would have said, hey, hey, you. Hey, you millions of listeners out there. I love Harry's. Go out and buy a Harry's Razor but I'm not going to do that because I don't love Harry's. I hate Harry's. If you don't know the story, Harry's used to advertise on our shows until, okay, I'll take responsibility. It was me. I I said on another show years prior, even even before Harry's joined as a sponsor, I agreed with the assessment that boys are boys and girls are girls. And this was too much. This was too much for our sponsor. Uh, Harry's, which then pulled their ads due to, quote, values misalignment. Well, we're not going to promote products that hate your beliefs and hate you. So we did the only thing that makes sense. We launched our own razor company, Jeremy's Razors. Every Jeremy's Razors kit comes with a premium razor, two sets of blades, shaving cream, and aftershave balm. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Over 70,000 kits have already shipped. So instead of telling you that I'm a big fan of Harry's, I'm here to tell you about the thousands of X. Harry's fans and customers who have thrown their razors in the trash, like me. I did that too. I used to use Harry's. I threw it in the trash, switched to Jeremy's. Do not go to harrys.com. Go to IHateHarrys.com. Get your Jeremy's Razors Founders Kit. It's time to stop giving your money to woke corporations that hate you. Give it to Jeremy instead. We'll be right back with a lot more. Speaking of the dangers of man altering his environment, man playing God in nature, COVID. COVID's still going around. Remember COVID? That thing that totally, definitely did not, it had no relation to any experiments in any laboratories. Definitely not any laboratories in Wuhan until, okay, maybe it did. And now even the WHO admits it probably did. So COVID's still going around and people are still catching it. Even, this is really weird, even the people who have gotten the vaccine are still getting it. This is even weirder. Even the people who have had the booster shot and the extra booster shot and all the booster shots, they're still getting COVID. President Joe Biden. President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID. This is not an outdated story because I know I told you what a week ago, two weeks ago, I said, President Biden has tested positive for COVID. He's quarantining and then President Biden came back. Well, he, he, first he made that video of him looking all crazy and kooky with his eyes were really, really wide. And he had this really low voice. And it seemed like he was just being injected with all sorts of uppers. And he didn't blink once in the video. And it was really, really unsettling. And uh, who, knows what, what, who knows what the guy was on in that video. But then, okay, COVID passed. He recovered. He went back to work. Now he's tested positive for COVID again. President Biden- uh, has said after, uh, or this is President Biden's doctor, after testing negative on Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning, the president tested positive late Saturday morning by antigen testing. This in fact represents rebound positivity, whatever that is. I guess he's got COVID again, and he's quarantining again. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I hope, I hope President Biden makes a full recovery and remains very, very healthy, or at least as healthy as he has been. And thank goodness he got the shots, You know, could you imagine how bad it would be had he not gotten all the shots and all the vaccines, which are super duper safe and effective, and they're really, really good at preventing you from catching COVID and from transmitting COVID. Oh, sorry, they changed that. Even though they initially told us, Biden, Walensky, and Fauci all told us, if you get the shot, you will not catch COVID. You will not spread COVID. Then they, they just gaslit all of us and said they never really said that. And then they said the purpose of a vaccine is not to stop you from getting it, but it's actually to stop you from having really harsh symptoms. And then Biden had, had real symptoms anyway, and he had to quarantine, and he obviously sounded and looked terrible. And then he recovered, and then he got it again. Gosh, he might have gotten COVID three times in two weeks had he not had the shots, right? He he might have gotten it a fourth time in two weeks had he not had the shots. Thank goodness it was only two. Thank you, Pfizer. Thank you, Moderna. That's really great. Speaking of plagues, speaking of plagues, monkeypox has become, it's become the anti-COVID. It's become the, the way that the libs forced us all to live under COVID, which was very, very easily spread and did not really pose major, major health risks to the vast majority of people, but it was still very, very easy to spread. It was so easy to spread that you pretty much couldn't stop it from spreading. There was no measure that the libs employed, from the masks, to the lockdowns, to the distance by six feet, to the shots, to the boosters. None of that has actually worked to stop COVID at all, not even in the slightest. And yet they made us shut down our lives for two years. Then monkeypox, which can be a little bit more dangerous but is not very easily spread. There's pretty much only one way to spread it, and it's not very pleasant, at least in the minds of the vast majority of people. But the monkeypox, which is only, I know this is politically incorrect to say, it's pretty much only spread at gay orgies. Not even at any orgy, though every orgy is, in a certain sense, gay, but at specifically at male, homosexual, bathhouse-style orgies. That's where it started the spread, and that's where it continues to spread. Those we can't shut down. Now we can't, we can't even acknowledge it. Ned Ryan, who's a conservative uh, activist, uh, sort of prominent conservative figure, he just went on a Fox Business Show, The Kennedy Show, uh, where it was him, two other panelists, and the host, Kennedy, and they were discussing monkeypox, and he suggested maybe, maybe people cool it with the gay orgies for just a little bit. All three other people on screen jumped down his throat for it.
2: As for monkeypox, I I think there's a pretty good rule in life. Uh, Don't attend gay orgies. Uh, When you look at the New England Journal's report of the 528 cases they reviewed. Ned, come on, man. It's not about gay. How about not any orgies? Go look at at the New England Journal's report that NBC News reported on on Friday, in which of the 528 cases they reviewed, 95% we're between sex between men. Yeah, I think we actually have to have a serious is, conversation about different where different this different is coming different from. Different when I'm different 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 done, different Brad, different you different 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 can talk. Instead of going crazy and declaring a national pandemic when 3,000 people have it right now, it's insane. I don't know, man. You don't have to be gay to get monkeypox, pox. And uh, you don't have to be bigoted when you talk about treating something that is that easily spread. Marie? It's not bigoted. Yeah, it is. This this is science, Kennedy. Ninety-five percent of the cases from the New England Journal have been reported. Okay, that kind of I will use the term bigoted language that uh, makes it seem like the only people that get this are from one group of Americans. Hey, guess what? Gay men also have friends and family members and colleagues, and this is not just transmitted through sexual activity.
0: So. Everything that Ned Ryan said is right. Virtually everyone who is catching monkeypox is catching monkeypox because they had sex with a promiscuous gay man. 95 to 98% of the spread is among dudes who have sex with other dudes. The the men who have sex with men community, as some people are calling it. And then some people around them are catching monkeypox as well, which raises a whole lot of questions. You know, there were two kids who caught monkeypox in households with homosexual men haven't heard anything about that. Sure hope that's being investigated, but I, I doubt that it is. It, what Ned Ryan said is right. And by the way, if you want to prevent people from catching monkeypox, if you if you care about the homosexuals who are at risk of getting monkeypox, which is specifically homosexuals who are getting frisky with lots and lots of other homosexuals in promiscuous sex and orgies, you would want this information to be out there. You'd want people to know the risks, right? So you just reads a, a news report from a left-wing source about from a medical journal and the three people on screen say that's bigoted those are hate facts those are first you heard from Brad Palumbo who is an LGBT activist and he's I guess he's a liberty he would call himself a libertarian And but he's very, very pro-LGBT. And he says, Oh Ned, you can't say that. It's any orgies. It's not, don't say gay orgies, but no, it is specifically it is gay orgies (laughs) that spreads monkeypox. That's just a fact. Okay, it's just numbers. 95 to 98%, guys. Okay? That's no, you can't say that. And then Palumbo was far from the worst person on that panel. Then it was the host, Kennedy, and the other guest, whose name I believe is Marie Harf, who called it bigoted don't go to gay orgies is now considered a bigoted statement on, on the right-wing news channel. On one of what, two or three right-wing news channels? Fox Business is probably the second most prominent right-wing news channel, allegedly right-wing news channel. And you can't say don't go to gay orgies there. Are or you knuckle-dragging, right, far-right, fascist, bigoted troglodyte? How dare you? Gay orgies is what America was built on. <laughs> That's how dare you discriminate against the gay orgy community. These are the sorts of things that can't be uttered now. It shows you the way that the Overton window has shifted. When when libs tell you, oh no, the conservatives are on the rise, the conservatives have made so many cultural gains in recent years, just look at that Overton window. Look at the the range of acceptable discourse. You can no longer go on a an ostensibly right-wing news network, and say, hey, don't go to gay orgies maybe if you don't want to catch the gay orgy pox virus. And you, you can't say that without being smeared as a bigot, as some kind of hateful, awful person, because you recite statistics that were just published in a medical journal. That is the cultural shift. Yes, I think conservatives have great opportunities right now. We just overruled Roe v. Wade, for goodness sakes. This is great. I think the wind is at our sails. But the ground that we have to make up is so insane. The one that the liberals are losing their minds over right now is that conservatives might threaten this new definition of marriage, the Obergefell decision, which redefined marriage to include same-sex unions. The idea that that would be the great conservative cultural victory is insane, guys. That, that decision was made in 2015. That decision is seven years old. For all of human history up until 2015, everyone everywhere believed that marriage had sexual difference at its heart. That marriage was between a man and a woman. The idea that we would return to that, and this would be the huge far-right fascistic authoritarian return to 2014. Are you kidding me? Think about how much ground we have lost. You realize how much ground we've lost, not even when you watch the far right news channels. It's when you watch the news channels that are supposed to be conservative. You realize just how far left the culture has become.
1: This show is brought to you by helixsleep.com. Sleep is absolutely critical, especially as you get older. But no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find a mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has you covered. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix Midnight Mattress because I want a medium firmness and a sleep on my side. So far, my new mattress is a godsend. Don't want to take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, you won't believe how well you sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is just a few clicks away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code helixpartner20. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire code helixpartner20. This
0: this sort of monkeypox media reaction is a true lesson in, in – Political hierarchies, who ranks above whom, whose rights get protected above others. During COVID, if you wanted to visit your dying parents, let's say they were in a hospital or they were in a nursing home or they were just just kind of aged, you were not allowed to do that. When when your loved ones did die, you were not allowed to bury them. You were not allowed to have a funeral for them for months or years. George Floyd was allowed to have four funerals, but you, you were not allowed to have funerals for your family members. You were not allowed to go to church. You were not allowed to go to work. You were not allowed to open your business in in a lot of places. You were not allowed to do much of anything. The pot dispensaries in California, those stayed open. That was kind of weird. Churches were closed, but the pot dispensaries were, were open. Okay, that kind of showed, that gave you a little inkling, huh? Maybe this isn't just about what's safe and what's healthy. Maybe this is about the political preferences of the ruling elite. Maybe this was about giving special privileges to certain groups and discriminating against other groups. And then monkeypox shows it for certain. We shut down the entire world for for over two years. Certainly you shut down the country for a cough that was unpreventable. But you won't even shut down the gay bathhouses to stop the gay bathhouse virus. You won't stop it. You won't do it. You, you're not even allowed to mention it, even on a, a conservative, ostensibly conservative news channel. Look what they're doing in San Francisco. San Francisco, which has problems, San Francisco, not the most orderly city in the world, San Francisco is hoping to host its annual sex festival. It's a sex festival specifically for gay men. Uh, it's called the Up Your Alley Leather Fetish Festival. Ugh. I actually hadn't even read the name. I, I read that there was this festival. I hadn't read the name. That is totally gross. It makes the story even grosser than initially I thought it was. So they have this leather gay festival in San Francisco. Not exactly a man bites dog story. But but the festival is taking place while there is a virus that is spreading at gay orgies. So you would think they would shut it down, right? No. San Francisco refuses to shut down this event. The the festival has been running since 1985, and they are not going to shut it down even while a virus is spreading at the gay orgies. It's not about what's safe. It's not about what's healthy. It's about what do we want to do. We, We as a society, well, San Francisco as a society, does not value church, does not value small businesses does not value your family having funerals for dead loved ones, does not value Thanksgiving celebrations, does not value high school graduations, does not value prom, does not value any of the things that got shut down for COVID. But San Francisco sure as hell values gay leather orgies. And so they're going to shut down all the first ones. They're not going to shut down that last one. And this, it gets right back to Al Gore's point. This should not be political. This should not. Why are we making this issue of all your rights and your money and your traditions and your country? Why are we making this political? What this is about is what do we want to do? What do we want to live with? During COVID, I not only would have lived with ri- the risk of COVID, I not only would have gone back to work and traveled and seen my friends and gone to holidays and not worn the stupid mask and avoided all the, the ridiculous measures that the Libs pushed on us, but I actually did. I did. I went back to work. They, they forced us all to, to work from home. I lasted 24 to, four, to, to 36 hours. And then I just went back to the studio. And it was pretty much just me and Jeremy at the studio for <laughs> six months at a time. Because I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to work from home. I'm not going to quarantine. I'm going to go to all my holidays. I'm going to go to Easter, Easter Sunday dinner. And I'm going to travel. And I'm going to I'm just going to live my life, okay? I made that choice. The, the political society said, no, we're not going to do that, okay? But I I don't value gay orgies in that way, okay? I don't value bathhouses and leather festivals and all that. I don't value that. And I I don't think there's any reason to tolerate that stuff, period, but certainly not when there's the spread of a virus specifically at these places. You have the political right to say that. No matter what they tell you on whatever news show, even if it's on a technically or ostensibly right-wing news show, you have the right to say that you have the right to moral views. You have the right to political views. You have the right to social preferences. You have the right to an opinion on matters of public health and the economy and the national order. You have a right to those things. And you can say, no, Al Gore, I'm not going to let you make me use those ugly fluorescent light bulbs. No, San Francisco, I'm not going to let you shut down my church. And no, I'm not going to even let you keep the bathhouses and the leather parties open, okay? We have not just individual rights, but there is a higher sort of political right. Those are political rights. An individual right is not, not really political in the sense that political is public. It involves other people. And the founding fathers talked about this, and Edmund Burke has talked about this, and all the great conservatives have talked about how those, that higher expression of our liberty and our freedom is political when we as a community say, this is how we want to live. This is how we want to flourish. Speaking of the rainbow, A female soccer player has just been sidelined for refusing to wear the rainbow. Her name is uh, Jalene Daniels. I'm not the uh, most up-to-date on female soccer news. Uh, She's the North Carolina Courage defender, and she was sidelined uh, for the team's Friday soccer game because she refused to wear an LGBT rainbow on her jersey. She didn't agree with the rainbow. She's not down with the rainbow. And so she, she didn't want to wear the rainbow flag. If you are a, say, Christian, or, or I would suspect a Jew or a Muslim, or if you have any kind of traditional view of sexual ethics, you, you can't wear the rainbow. So she says, okay, I'm not going to wear the rainbow. They said, that's fine. You don't get to play. You're going to be discriminated against for your views on these matters. The team said, Jaylene will not be rostered tonight as she's made the decision not to wear our pride jersey. While we're disappointed with her choice, we respect her right to, se- to make the decision for herself. We're excited to celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community with our fans, players, and staff tonight, and look forward to hosting our first ever Pride Festival before knockoff. Or before kickoff, rather, not knockoff. Would you, do you think it would be right to force a Jew or a Muslim to wear a Christmas sweater to work, let's say it's Christmas time, and there's going to be a Christmas party at work. Whether we're talking about they work at a soccer team or they work at a an accounting firm, do you think it would be right to tell the Jew or the Muslim, "Hey, you've got to wear the Christmas sweater"? In fact, not just you've got to wear you've got to wear a nativity scene sweater. Would that, does that sit right to you? For most people in our liberal culture, they would say, "No, that doesn't sit right." I don't no. I don't think you should do that. I would be wrong. It is much more egregious <laughs> to for someone to wear the rainbow because while the Christmas season is deeply, deeply embedded in our culture, and still, we, you wouldn't say like, hey, hey, Ben, hey, Shapiro, put the Christmas sweater on. No one would say that. But the pride flag, the pride movement is a relatively new movement. It's extremely radical in our culture. It's opposed by huge swaths of our culture. Now you're saying, well, if you won't wear my version, my sexual preferences, my contradiction of traditional sexual ethics on your sleeve, literally on your sleeve, then you don't get to come to work. Then you, practically speaking, don't have a job, at least while I'm forcing everyone to wear this. It's obviously wrong. You you can tell that it's wrong when you put it in those terms, but the culture doesn't see that it's wrong. It goes right back to that Seinfeld episode where everyone tries to make Kramer wear the little ribbon. Remember, dur- during AIDS, everyone wore a ribbon. You said, you have to wear a ribbon, especially in New York. Put, Why aren't you wearing the ribbon? I said, I don't want to wear the ribbon. I'm, I'm, you know, I hope people recover from this disease, but I don't want to wear the ribbon. I said, what? well, you have to wear it. You all have to do it. You have to show that you are on my team when it comes to this political matter. And if you don't, they'll crush you. They'll absolutely crush you. Speaking of religion, Nichelle Nichols died. She was an actress. She was in Star Trek. She was a left-wing activist and a widely beloved cultural figure. She died. She was, she was quite aged, so it's not, you know, it's not like she flipped her Corvette. And it's sad, and tributes were pouring in for her. And one of the, the main tributes to her, and this became a trending phrase on social media yesterday, was rest in power. So I have basically nothing to say about Nichelle Nichols. I haven't d- didn't follow her career, or her acting, or her activism. I'm not a Trekkie, so I... I don't don't wish her any ill. She seems like a lovely lady. You know, rest in peace. But rest in peace. I wouldn't say rest in power. This phrase keeps coming up whenever, usually whenever black people die, prominent black people die, and then to some degree left-wing activists more broadly. You see this new phrase that's cropped up in recent years, rest in power, which is a silly and bizarre phrase. It's clearly a reaction against the traditional phrase, rest in peace, from the Latin requiescat in pace. And it's it's a it's a kind of flipping of that. So don't rest in peace, rest in power. And a lot of the imagery from it comes from the black power movement, the fist in the air, which has become an even more important leftist symbol in recent years. We're going to have power, not just peace. A politics that does not seek a kind of reasoned and logical and ultimately peaceful coexistence, but a, a A politics that is just about the raw pursuit of power and interest and clobbering the other guy—all of this is is there, uh, simmering underneath this phrase "rest in power." But "rest in power" is a really stupid term, because the only way that you will rest in power after you die is. If you go to heaven and get to behold the beatific vision and get to be with our Lord and Savior forever, that I can understand that you say that is a position of power. It is, but it's only in the sense that you are beholding the the omnipotent power. You are wow. You are in the vision of the the true vision of the good, the true and the beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. If rest and power is a rejection of that view, which I think it is, I think it's a rejection of Christianity. I think it's a rejection of traditional culture. I think it is a militant, a materialist kind of, we're just going to go out and get what we want, and that's our, that's this, the, the only things that matter are right in the here and now, and we're going to take power, 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 then rest in power doesn't make any sense. Because according to that view, when you die, you're not in power, you become worm food. <laughs> you, you go take a dirt nap, and then bugs eat you, and then you turn to bones, and then your bones turn to dust, and that's it. That's the end of the story. That's the least powerful position you could possibly be in. Rest in power doesn't make any sense outside of Christianity, outside of a a traditional culture against which that phrase is rebelling. And there's you're seeing a lot of this around the culture. There's a story that I really want to get to, but I don't have time today, so I'll just tease it for you. Uh, An actress from The Handmaid's Tale is really, really upset at discrimination that she has faced as a woman. But spoiler alert, the discrimination is not coming from the right. It's not coming from Christianity. It's not coming from tradition. It's not coming from the patriarchy. The the true discrimination that she's facing is coming from the left as it almost always is. We'll get into that tomorrow. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles show. I'm going to go see my baby. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022.
3: Today on the Matt Wall Show, the outrage mob is coming after me because I mentioned the forbidden historical fact that white people were slaves too, but why is this fact forbidden and why does it matter? We'll discuss. Also, the Biden administration gears up to forgive student loans, and by forgive, we mean transfer the loans to people who didn't take them out. Plus, a Democrat congresswoman flips off her Republican colleagues and then cries sexism to excuse herself. In our daily cancellation, an artist goes viral with dozens of comics bitterly complaining about her husband. We'll talk about all that and much more today on the Matt Wall Show.